Hello and welcome to season five of the All Things Leadership Podcast. My name is Fred. In an era where burnout, mental health challenges, and the struggle for purpose are increasingly prevalent, my special guest today shares a personal journey from the pinnacle of corporate success to profound personal realization, and he offers hope, inspiration, and some actionable insights in this edition. He is uh, Mr. John Miles. Uh, John is a fellow podcaster himself. He's a keynote speaker. He's an author. He's a combat veteran and host of the number one ranked alternative health podcast, Passion Struck. John, welcome to the All Thanks Leadership Podcast. Fred, thank you so much for having me. It's such an honor to be here. Sure, certainly the honor is all mine. John, I just share a little bit about your background. I know I kind of went over that. You're going to share with our with the listeners your background and uh, what, what led you uh, to doing what you're doing today. Yeah. My, my background is, I know you're from Richmond, Virginia. I went to college not too far away from you at the Naval Academy. I uh, came out and uh, was a Naval officer for a number of years and actually was not thinking about getting out, but I was stationed down in Key West, Florida doing counter-drug operations when I was approached by a number of the other agencies who were there, um, ranging from the FBI to NSA, DEA, CIA, etc. And I ended up applying to all of them, getting multiple uh, acceptances, and I ended up choosing the FBI uh, as a career choice. And as fate would have it, I get out of the military. I'm supposed to go to Quantico a week later. And sometime during that week, I get a call from my detailer. And life changed in an instant because Congress was having issues similar to what we've experienced this year with passing budgets. And so my class got recycled. And to make a long story short, by the time it was offered up to me again, so many things in my life had changed. I had a, a one-year-old we were living in San Diego. I was at this point doing uh, management consulting. And so the opportunity kind of passed it by, passed its way by. But I think what I learned from that experience was coming out of the military, you already have to reinvent yourself. But it really taught me that you always need to have in your mind that things aren't going to go as planned and that plan B's come up. And so it really caused me to foster the sense that I constantly need to be reinventing myself because you never know what's going to happen. And the more that you can proactively do it, the better you're going to set yourself up for success. And that's basically what I did. And coming out of that, I have faced a number of these um, situations, some completely externally induced, such as I was a practice leader at Arthur Anderson in the epicenter of the Enron debacle in Houston. And within a matter of two to three weeks, I went from having these aspirations of being uh, going up the partner trail further to having no job. And it, you just, you, you, these things hit you and these life moments, you either respond to them with grace and strength or you let them take over your life. And I chose to to just embrace it, that it was similar to the FBI, just a stopping point in my life for something bigger and greater to come into it. And 
you know, from there, I ended up going into the private. I ended up going into industry and ended up having great roles at Lowe's and Dell and catalytic marketing, et cetera. Um, but I think to the point that you brought up at the beginning of the episode where you, you were doing the introduction, I think so many of us um, chase things and we end up getting in this constant loop that we want to have more and more and more. And for me, it ended up resulting in just uh, profound burnout and realizing that I was overemphasizing and overprioritizing so many things in my life that truly didn't matter and weren't bringing me significance. And that's kind of what led me to doing what I'm now doing now, which is I think we are best positioned to serve those who we once were. And so I'm trying to help those who feel like maybe they, they're lacking mattering in their life where they're focused on the wrong things, or maybe they're stuck to find out that there is a path to significance and mattering in your life. And I want to first of all say thank you for, I mean, not only your service to our nation, but then, you know, the experiences that you're not using to to sort of pay 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 it forward, right? And, and sharing insights uh, from your from your personal life, your corporate life, uh, to help our lives become better. I was actually in a mastermind conversation this morning as we were talking earlier before the conversation started about how the desire for more kind of often leads us down um, uh, destructive paths, right? In 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 some cases, not in all cases, and. And and that's a way of having this this discussion, right? When when do we realize that enough is enough? Is is the if if there ever is, or, or how do we balance uh, things out where we're not kind of overworking ourselves? And a lot of the work that I've done with executives and and other leaders, I've found that in their quest or in their desire to kind of build, you know, the, their their lives or the other future in some cases or, or in most cases, I dare say that it ends up if they're not careful, ends up taking over over their lives and wrecking far more havoc uh, than that they they ever thought there should be. You capture this well in your upcoming book, Passion's Track, uh, 12 Powerful Principles to Unlock Your Purpose and Ignite Your Most Intentional Life, which releases uh, February 6th. Um, can, can you share a little bit, John, about, um, you know, some of the principles and lessons that you capture in this book or from your own personal lives? I mean, we may not have enough time to go through all 12, but let, let's let's unpack this a little bit, John. How do we, what are some of these um, principles that you've learned from your own experience that um, that we all should be mindful of as we continue to, to advance? And I you know, 2024, the year just started and many of us goals and aspirations and um, nothing wrong with that, but what are the kind of things that we should be looking out for so we're not you know overexerting ourselves um, in our pursuit of these goals yeah so maybe it's good that i set up the book for you and uh, so that people kind of have an understanding of how it's organized you know here here is an advanced reader copy of it it's as you mentioned fred it's not out yet but i'm uh, uh i wrote this and dedicated it to my kids because people often ask me what would you tell your 22, 23 year old self now? And I would tell him to read this book because I meant this and wrote it to be a book that's not just read, but a book that is actually lived and implemented. And the principles that I have in the book are things that I have used personally, but more importantly, I spent about seven years researching 
700 plus juggernauts of multiple areas, whether it was CEOs to astronauts to military generals and admirals to sports stars, etc. And I kept coming back and finding these recurring themes and patterns that they all used to create a passion-struck life, a life of authenticity and intentionally pursuing your aspirations. And so the way I organize the book is section one is about mindset shifts because your mindset shifts are the why for which you do anything. And it creates the how, how you're going to approach them. The second section gets into six behavior shifts, which is the what you do in your life influenced by the how and the mindset shifts. And then the third section I titled the psychology of progress. And it's really about the importance of taking continual action in your life, creating a cycle of momentum, continuing to fuel your intrinsic motivation by constantly allowing yourself to allow courage to propel you forward. So uh, that's how the book is organized. It has a backdrop of three major components, uh, and that is passion, perseverance, and intentionality. And the way I kind of developed that triangle is I am a huge fan of Angela Duckworth's work on grit. And I think that she rightly brings up that passion and perseverance are absolutely key elements of success. But she ends up studying cadets at West Point. And given the fact that I went to the Naval Academy, I'm kind of in first-hand position to analyze what she said and then to look at it through my own lens. And I thought she had a lot of merit that your physical abilities, passion, and perseverance were absolutely key for the cadets getting through. But at the end of the day, you can have all the grit in the world that you want, but if you're not intentionally aligning your actions towards your aspirations, your values, your goals, then it's going to take you in the opposite way that you want to go. So to me, being intentional is knowing when you have to do course corrections and intentionally shifting your behavior so that you're getting closer to your aspirations and you're aligning that passion and perseverance to where you want to go. Yeah, I love that. Um, kudos to you for what a, what a legacy, right, to, to leave to your kids. I, I remember when I wrote my first book, that was that was what I told my kids. Hey, I may not be able to leave you millions of dollars. Maybe one day I might, but if nothing else, here are some wisdom that I've gleaned from life that I want to pass on to you. So kudos to you for that. Um, I, I love the backdrop there, um, John, but let's let's talk about mindsets, which, you know, one of my favorite things to talk about there, why is having the right mindset, John, so important, even in, in leadership? Well, as I mentioned, your mindset drives your why. It's And your why it becomes why you get up in the morning. So to me, the first step in any journey towards transformation is reshaping your mindset. And it's illuminated by classic stoic virtue of wisdom this passion-driven wisdom paves the way for the new actions you want to take and it establishes 
a foundation for significant change that you want to take in your life. And so this fundamental change through your mindset, through your perspective harnessing of different ways to look at things, it's crucial for setting the stage for subsequent shifts that you want to make in your life, deliberate action, intrinsic motivation, and ensuring a more dynamic and heartfelt transformation. So to me, that's why mindset is so vital to the overall path that you're going to take as a leader, even on your own personal journey. Yeah, yeah, so true. I mean, John, you've interviewed countless leaders. um, And I wonder what are are some of the, I guess, dangers? I mean, I often hear when I talk to people, you know, that, you know, this this is really just how things are, right? I mean, I could I mean, this is just my lot in life. And, you know, I just, if you knew what happened to me, there's really, I'm just going to accept things the way they are. But I've also learned, John, that that may be true to some extent, but, but what, what happened to, to us does not define us, right? It's, it's always really how we think about things. And oftentimes, you know, your, your thoughts, right? Or the way you think about things can, can, can change. I mean, not eliminate the things that you went through, but, but, but help shape or kind of uh, set you up um, on a course um, where, where you can alter right the results of some of those things. Not maybe not in the real sense, but you, you don't have to be stuck right in in, in those things right in, in the past. Um, what's what's your response to that, or to someone who says, "Well, you know, this is really just how the way things are." You know, that's the reality of things, right? How, how can mindset shape that, or? or or, or correct some of the things or the challenges that I've been through um, in, in life. Yeah, I mean, I'll give you a great example. Um, I just finished interviewing a gentleman named Harry Buddha Magal, who most of the listeners probably do not know. He is from Nepal, and he, when he was 19, enlisted in the Gurkhas, which are people who aren't familiar with who the Gurkhas are. They're this army from Nepal, about 12,000 people apply from it to be in the Gurkhas every year and about 200 are selected. And they've been fighting alongside uh, the British army for literally 200 years now. And he had been successfully serving for about 14 years when he went to Afghanistan and was on a routine patrol when he stepped on an IED and his life changed before his before his eyes, um, and he was awake for it all to happen, and um, he's sitting there looking down, and one leg is gone, and the other leg is is barely there. And uh, a couple days later, when he wakes up in the hospital, there's now a sheet over his body, and he's looking down and he he actually told me he was afraid to lift up the sheet because he didn't know what he was going to find. He, in his mind, he still remembered that he still had a leg, but it didn't look like that leg was there anymore um, when he looked down. And, and of course he was amputated on both legs uh, above his knee. And I think when you're faced with that situation, like any adversity that we face, it's a choice into how we're going to deal with it. We can, choose to wallow in self-pity and shame and guilt. And, you know, he faced all those things. He actually 
felt like he was letting down his whole army regiment because this happened. And he felt so much guilt and remorse that he couldn't serve his brothers. Um, and for a period of time, he did like a lot of us do. We end up chasing our addictions to escape the doubts that we have, the fears, the shame that we feel. Um, for him, it was alcohol. For others, it might be they're addicted to work, we're addicted to porn, or whatever you want to say it is. But the important thing about his story is he looked at his kids and said, what example do I want to set? What type of man do I want to be that they remember? And it gave him the courage to step out and to start challenging himself in ways he never thought. And so he ended up doing uh, action sports and through action sports, it led him back to this passion that being from Nepal, he always wanted to climb a mountain and he made it his life's mission that he's going to show that no matter what disability you have, we all can climb life's mountains. And it led him to now climbing three of the seven tallest peaks. He's, he's climbed Everest and he's going to do the remaining four. But I just use that as an extreme example of it was his mindset and how he shifted it from being in that state of self-pity where he was abusing alcohol and that was how he was living his life to now being sober and continue, continually to propel his life forward in a completely different way. It starts and ends with mindset. And once you have that mindset, it created the behaviors that he then took to create a different mental outlook and a physical reshaping of his body to be able to handle the arduous journey, especially if you can imagine trying to climb Everest without any legs, for him to reach the top. And he tells me along the way, he wanted to quit countless times, but then he just came back to looking at his kids in the face. And did he want to do that from a position of accomplishment? and letting other uh, disabled people down, or was he going to face his demons and get through it? And so I think it's a great example to, for people to understand the power of mindset. Yeah, what a, what a powerful way to, to capture that. Yeah, would uh, love to explore that strategy to check out that, that interview you did. Uh, uh, John, as a, as a, you know, a, a Fortune 500 executive, uh, C-suite executive, decorated naval officer, uh, you went through this this phase of life where you know things felt like um, you you felt lonely, right? And then you felt bored. Things were you know there was a lack of direction there. How does um, oftentimes those are the kind of things we as well aspire to to reach that that apex, rather right? that that epitome of success. You know whether it's you know that top level executive position or you know having X amount of money in the bank account, but there comes a time and I've talked to several people who go through that and still feel like uh, there's this life, life is empty. What was that experience for you? And uh, what, what was it that brought back meaning uh, to, to your life or direction to your life? Thanks. You talked about this in the seminar that you were on just before um, this podcast started. Uh, and that is we get in this loop of chasing. And that was absolutely something that I was doing. I mean, you come from a service academy and I think you are taught to be a goal achiever. I mean, it was something that was basically not only instilled in me there, but it, it was instilled in me from my entire upbringing from my grandparents and my parents to 
constantly be a high achiever. And so, you know, ever since I can remember, I was constantly striving to climb the next mountain. And when I got into my professional career, first thing I wanted to do was to become a partner in the consulting world. Then I set my sights on becoming a chief inf information security officer. Then I set my sights on becoming a chief information officer. Then I set my sights on becoming a CEO. And I remember achieving my goal at 39 of hitting the C-suite at, at Dell. And I thought I was on cloud nine. I mean, that's what I should have been feeling. I'm making now well over seven figures. I'm overseeing billions of dollars in budget, thousands of employees. And inside, I felt anything but jubilant. I, I felt more lost than I had ever felt uh, at that point in my life. Um, all these things that I thought I had wanted were taking me farther and farther away from the tasks and activities that brought me the most joy. Because what ended up happening is I love to do strategic work. I love to, to spend time with the troops, guiding them and, and influencing them. And my life now had become 70 to 80% of my day was dealing with office politics or HR issues. And I wasn't putting my energy into the things that brought me inner joy. And so it just started catapulting that as this unraveled, so did other areas of my life. Uh, my physical health started to be impacted. My mental health was impacted. And when those things start going out of whack, it eventually impacts your relationships and your spiritual health and everything else. And so what culminated in me was just a complete and utter state of burnout where I felt a feeling that I wouldn't wish on anyone. I felt completely numb. I just reached a point where I was getting up every day and it was like nothing mattered. And I felt insignificant and at times not even wanting to, to get out of bed um, and, and face the day. And so I think what people don't understand is that this path to, to this point doesn't just come overnight. To me, it's like experiencing depression or dystemia where it kind of comes on in a low grade. And I think that's what burnout does is it comes out in this low grade where you're starting to make choices that are taking you more down this path and you don't even realize it. And then as you make more and more choices, you're not really noticing them because they're subtly increasing your state of burnout. And then like anything, you hit a hockey stick point and all of a sudden you go from this mid-grade to severe level. And then I think the other side of this that, that people need to understand is when you let this occur over such a gradual period of your time, you can't turn around the clock immediately either. It's going to take time, intentional effort to then recover yourself, to get yourself back. And so that's exactly what happened to me. And at, to your point, I think it happens to a ton of people. And if I could go back in time, um, I now have a, a very robust mindfulness practice. I didn't at the time, but 
I think my inner voice was telling me things all along this path. And because I wasn't being mindful and I was so distracted by everything around me, so distracted by having to constantly achieve all the time that I wasn't li listening to this inner voice that was telling me something was wrong and I needed to make change. And so for anyone who's listening, if regardless of where they're at, whether they're on the far extreme of feeling burnout or, or maybe they're that constant high achiever like I was, my biggest piece of wisdom to you is get into a practice where you take self-care and make it the number one priority of your life. Because if you're not number one, if you're not giving yourself self-kindness, if you're not giving yourself the reward of spending time with yourself, understanding these inner voices that are, I'm telling you are hitting you, um, you're going to end up in the same spot that I was. And there are ways that you can do it and make much more graceful changes in your life than hitting rock bottom and having to completely rebuild it from scratch. Yeah, I love that, John. And I, I could hear almost someone say, well, you know, it's easier for you, John, to say when you, you've climbed that corporate uh, ladder right of success and, you know, you've, you, 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 you got all that, you know, seven figures, you know, right there, executive level um, for you to say, but how about, you know, I, 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 I just need to climb it right at the expense of whatever. I just need to, you know, just, just do what it takes. And maybe when I get there, um, you know, then, then, then we can talk, but I, you know, I, I know that uh, there's wisdom in, in, in the saying that sometimes it's it's wisdom is not learning or, or experience is not always the best teacher. Sometimes learning from other people's experience uh, is, is the best teacher. How do you respond to that person that says, well, you know, I hear you, John, but, you know, let, let, let me climb it. Let, let me pay the price. Let me get there. And after that, we can talk about self-care from someone who's been there. Uh, talking down to you know someone who's you know striving to get to that point. We're not saying it's wrong to climb that corporate ladder, right? Let's make this clear to listeners. John's not saying that. We're not saying that. But what we're saying here is that really finding that balance and not doing all of that at the expense of you know the things that truly matter. But I I'll let you respond to that, John. Yeah, I think it's all on how you approach it. And I'm not just talking here about someone who wants to have a corporate career. I mean, you could be a solo professional like a doctor or an attorney or a professional athlete or someone in the military um all the same thing applies regardless of what you're doing i think some of the best guidance i was ever given in my life was i went to see a, a career coach who was a psychologist and uh, we were talking about what was going on in my life and he had me do this simple exercise where he said, I want you to just picture a stool in the kitchen. And he goes, and you're sitting on it. And now picture that your stool has just one big support in the middle of it. And I, I got that in my imagery. And he said, now imagine that that support is the constant grind. And that that is the only thing that is holding you up what do you think is going to happen over time? You're going to eventually, it's going to weaken and you're going to topple. He said, now I want you to envision your future self using that same stool analogy and imagine that it has multiple supports and that those different supports are different things in your life that 
They could be your core values. They could be your passions. It can be different for every person. For me, I align them with different pillars that I knew would give me support. Uh, and it became physical health, mental health, relationship health, spiritual health, emotional health. Because I knew if I got all those in balance, that regardless of whatever happened to me in my career, I could always fall back on that. And that if I'm strong there, I'm going to be strong in my career. But if I'm in this constant grind where I'm over-prioritizing a career over everything else, those other things are going to suffer and I'm going to be out completely out of balance. And it's going to put me in a position where I'm not able to aspire to climb the things that I want to climb. So my point for anyone listening here would be to be very intentional about how you are crafting the life that you want and how you're going about it. There's nothing wrong with wanting to achieve lofty goals with being a unicorn founder or something like that. But on the other side of it, this saying that I had in my mind that my health can wait, my relationships can wait, my kids can wait. We don't get a second chance at this. And I think the thing that I have that the younger generations don't do is the perspective of time and realizing that time is finite and it's such a precious quantity and you don't want to waste any of it. And I guarantee you, you can achieve all those things you want, but if you let those other things go, you're going to get there and you're not going to feel contentment. You're not going to feel happiness. You're going to feel empty and lonely. So do the things now to build up those pillars in your life so that you're building a well-rounded perspective of yourself and that's really the whole essence of what passion struck is about yeah yeah you kind of kind of let it there i was going to ask you uh what what does it mean to be passion struck yeah so it's it's interesting fred i didn't initially come up with this name um i had started going down this path of listening to my inner voice which was telling me that I was supposed to help the beaten, bored, broken, and battered people of the world. And I'm like, what in the world am I supposed to do with that? You know, here I am, a career executive, business person, and that was as foreign to me as going to Beijing China. You know, it it just I so I ignored it for a while. Um, but once I started thinking about what the message was telling me is that is that there are billions of people who are suffering. I mean, why do you think 70 to 80% of people are disengaged and loathe going in every single day? Why do, do 76% of people, when asked on their deathbed what their biggest regret is, come back to the point that they never lived out their aspirations? It, it's because we don't, allow ourselves to live authentically, allow ourselves to take the risks and bet on ourselves, having the confidence that we can create the life that we want. And that's what Passion Shark is all about. And the way I got the name is um, people may know uh, Keith Crotch. Keith was founded Ariba, sold it to SAP, SAP, then became the chairman and CEO of DocuSign before becoming uh, the assistant secretary of state. And I happened to be having a conversation with him. We've known each other for decades. 
And I was telling him about this concept and he goes, well, it sounds like what you're telling me is you're trying to help people go from being stuck to becoming passion struck. And the light bulb went off and, uh, luckily the domain was there and, and, uh, everything, uh, to me, it was, uh, sent by the universe or God, however you want to put it, but, uh, it's been the calling ever since. I love that becoming passion struck. And I think that's going to be the title of this podcast there. Um, it, it just, it just, it just happened. Talk to us, uh, John, about the book. Uh, when is it coming out? Where, where can uh, listeners get a copy? Um, they're interested in it. So it's coming out February 6th. Um, you can purchase it anywhere that you purchase books. If you purchase it, um, as long as it's purchased within the first week that the book comes out, I've actually curated about $300 worth of free gifts for the audience. Uh, so these are everything from eBooks to, I did a, a mini course um, as well on finding your purpose, as well as you get early access uh, to chapter one of the book, plus access to a launch event that we're going to do later in January. Um, but the principles in the book are really life principles for you to use, whether you're at the point of having to rebuild your life from scratch, or maybe you're someone coming out of college and you're looking for how to craft it, but it also can be utilized at any phase of your life that you're in. So maybe you're a high achiever, like we've been talking about, and you want to up-level yourself I have a quiz on the website called the Passion Struck Quiz. And in there, you can take it. It's 20 questions and it will tell you where you sit on the continuum. And then in the book, I give a whole bunch of examples of people who are starting from scratch versus, you know, I, a great example is I, I have the story of Derek Hertz in the book, who was a financial planner, excelling in her life, um, ended up. Um, being diagnosed with breast cancer and coming out of that, she realized that same as similar to what I did, that she wasn't living her passion. And so now she's an author and a keynote speaker, but it kind of shows how she changed her life. And then I focus on a guy called Nate Dukes, who tells his whole journey from being a successful entrepreneur to finding himself in jail to rebuilding his life and now being a Christian minister and uh, having more fulfillment than he's ever had. So my whole point on this is you don't have to be Jeff Bezos, who I interviewed for the book, or Oprah to be passion struck. We all can be the everyday hero of our own destiny. I love that. And Jen, what's the website that uh, listeners can go into check out the book? Was a URL? So the best, the best place to go would be passionstruck.com, P-A-S-S-I-O-N-S-T-R-U-C-K.com. And then if you want to go to the book page, it's forward slash passion struck book. Okay. We'll make sure we have uh, that in the link as well. John, as we kind of wrap up here, uh, it's the new year. It's January. There, you know, there are people who believe in resolutions, goals, whatever, um, you know, that, you know, we all get excited about things we want to accomplish um, for the new year. But what's one tip um, that, that you can offer for, you know, someone who's, you know, Maybe 2023 didn't go the way they wanted. It's, it's a new slate. We're all excited. It's going to be a great year. We all keep hearing that. But what's one thing or one advice that you can share with uh, someone starting out and maybe not quite sure what they're looking for? Or maybe they've started. They're excited about the goals. Maybe some have already fallen off the goals. But any 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 tip here that you can share as we kind of start out this this new year? Yeah, I think there are a couple things to keep in mind. One is it doesn't take 
21 days to create a new habit. It takes closer to 60 days to create a new habit. And I think where a lot of people go wrong is they come into the new year with a ton of aspirations for what they want to achieve. And then they start trying to tackle 20 different things um, to lead this new journey into 2024. And my advice would be pick one area to make a change in your life. Keep it simple. Just start taking action in one area. Maybe that's the simplest one is you want to get in better physical health. So maybe for you, you have this desire that you want to go out and run. And maybe this week you've attempted to do so. And maybe you've gotten as far as putting your shoes on in the morning to go out and do it, but you haven't haven't actually gone out the door. That's okay. Maybe the next day you went out the door and you could only run 200 yards and you had to stop. That's okay too. All of these are steps that you're taking to create momentum. And the more momentum you create, the more you're going to stick to it. So just keep increasing incrementally. Keep making those small changes, those incremental changes. And what ends up happening is once you start making them in one area of your life, it starts to gradually enter other areas of your life and you'll start making decisions that I call the hard decisions in life versus the easy decisions in life. These are the ones that you intentionally are making to get you closer to where you want to be. And so start small, think big, but start small and create actionable micro choices in your daily life uh, because that's where the make it break it happens. Start small, think big. John R. Miles, author of the upcoming book, Passion's Track, 12 Powerful Principles to Unlock Your Purpose and Ignite Your Most Influential Life. Coming out February 6, 2024, anywhere books are sold. John, thank you so much for coming on the podcast and sharing such valuable insights with us uh, so timely. Um, I, I appreciate you for, for, for what you've done and what you continue to do and to your listeners for tuning in. I hope that you've, uh, uh, gotten, you know, some, some nuggets here. I certainly have from, uh, this interview with John, make sure to check out his website. It's www.passionstruck.com forward slash passionstruck book. John, thanks again for your time and to your listeners. Happy new year until we come your way with another edition of all things leadership. Stay well.